You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvicecoaching.com. Today we're talking about the seven mistakes in conversation that women hate. Okay, so the things that they don't like that bug them in conversation. So this episode is about how to get better at conversation and avoid some of those little mistakes. Okay, so we're going to have some things that are a little bit beginner, a little bit advanced, intermediate, a nice mix of everything in between. I'll tell you what mistakes they are. And then, of course, I'm going to tell you how to fix it. We're also going to be doing some Q&A. So Stick around till the end as I answer your questions that you've emailed in. Always some really fun and great questions. If you need more help with conversation, I do have a free video that teaches you the five topics of conversation that women love. If you go to tripadvice.com slash chick dash crack for free, you will go on my email list and then we will email you the video that teaches you the five topics of conversation, which I call chick crack crack, which I know is kind of a dark term, but I just mean it's conversation that women really like that really get them sucked in. And that's what you want. You don't want conversations that women hate. You want conversations that women love. So check out that video. It's free. It's about maybe 10, 15 minutes long and you'll get the link to that. So you can watch it, so you can use it in your next conversations with women. And it is timeless, by the way. I made this thing like five or six years ago, but it has nothing to do with any sort of trends or current events. This is something that will work forever. That is why I still promote it, because it is great, and I want to give you that for free. So check it out. Link is in the show notes. So what are mistakes in conversation that guys make that women hate? First, getting sexual too fast. There is an art. There is a very, very special art to know when to start to get sexual in conversation, meaning bringing conversation to a sexual level where you can start flirting with her more sexually, bringing up the topic of sex, right? Things like that. And The biggest mistake guys make with this, especially when they get cocky, and I've made this mistake before too, is trying to bring up sex or sexual undertones or things like that too fast when you're talking to a woman. Now, it's funny. I I do think my audience, you know, you guys who listen are probably not doing that. A lot of guys are a little bit more on the shyer end. So it gets a little bit more tough for you to get sexual. Your, Your question is more like, well, how do I even get sexual in conversation at all? But I do still know that this is something that guys will make a mistake on. Now, I want to be very clear here. When you are trying to practice getting more seductive and getting more sexual in conversation, it's okay to make some mistakes. You know, if you do end up bringing it up too fast in a conversation and you make the mistake, that's fine. Good thing that you learned from it. You do have to play with it a little bit. You know, there's a saying, someone asking a question of, well, how far do I have to lean over before I fall? Well, the only person who can answer that question is really you. And the only way you'll be able to get that question answered is if you actually do it, right? So same thing here. Now, I will say, if you get the chick crack video, you will learn some topics that are 
adjacent to sex, right? I, I say that one of the topics of conversation that women love have to do with dating and relationships and sex. And if you can start that conversation and talk about that, it can definitely lend itself to a more sexual conversation. We just don't want that happening within the first couple of minutes. Are there exceptions? Yes, there are. If you're very good at being able to know when to bring something like that up, that's fine when you can talk about sex. But guys, let me tell you something. There is absolutely no need to do that. The goal in conversation when talking with a woman isn't how fast can I bring up sexual stuff? That doesn't necessarily help you, nor is it necessary for you to even do that. So don't worry about it. And if you're just confused altogether and you don't even know when to do it or how to do it, it's fine. You don't need to do it at all. But I should just be bringing it up here that you just don't want to bring it up too fast. And the reason is, is because with women, they are more sensitive to that sort of topic. When they are starting to talk about that topic, it can make them feel uncomfortable. I'd say generally speaking for most men, it doesn't make them feel as uncomfortable. You know, and there's kinds of uncomfortable. Maybe a guy feels uncomfortable because he's like, oh, my God, I can't believe we're talking about this. Whoa, this is crazy. But for a woman, it's uncomfortable because her first thing is safety. Women won't just have sex with someone they don't feel safe with, right? They have a fear in this world, and that fear is men who can hurt them. So they have to be very careful with the kinds of men that they talk to and the kinds of topics they bring up. Also, they just don't want to be always very slutty. They don't want to be labeled as sluts. And so if a woman's talking about sex, it can be kind of slutty. I think today in 2020 and, and, and on, women are more comfortable with it and they have been increasingly getting comfortable with it, but there's still that stigma that's there. So just be careful with bringing something like that up too fast. You know, you don't want to ask a girl like, oh, so when's the last time you had sex? Now that question could make sense depending on the context and where it leads, but it probably won't make sense in the first couple minutes, right? Okay. Let's go to number two. They don't like small talk. Now there are versions of small talk. I've been trying to kind of come up with my own way of explaining small talk, medium talk, big talk. And there's different definitions of what that might mean. My definition of small talk is about things that are not important, that have just no relevance whatsoever. So a good example of that is like the weather. The weather is small talk because who gives a shit really, right? The weather's changing all the time, or maybe it's not, or depending on where you live, blah, blah, blah. It just doesn't matter. It's conversation that will be forgotten about the second it's done. Now, some people might put the idea of asking where are you from and what do you do as small talk. I don't think that's small talk. I would actually classify that as medium talk, and that's something you don't have to stay away from. Why? Because it is important. They are facts that are important in a conversation with you and a woman. You do want to know what those things are and those matter. So I wouldn't say that's small talk. And I want you to think about small talk as the things that don't matter. So I want you to avoid all small talk and you can stick to the medium and the big talk. 
So for example, Chick Crack, when you go and, and get that video, that's going to be medium to big talk, mostly big talk. So it will be conversations that do have some significance and are very interesting. So stay away from things that are not important, not interesting. And here's the thing also. If you don't know what that is, I gave you one example whether there could be a million examples of what that is. I, I think you'll understand it with the formula that I told you. It's nothing of factual importance that matters to each of you. Or that's interesting, right? Rather, weather isn't interesting. But I also don't want to censor you too much. If you're a if you're a beginner and you're going like, oh man, okay, okay, I gotta make sure I don't talk about the weather. Well, I don't care what you talk about. If you're a super beginner, I don't care what you talk about. I'd rather you talk about the weather to some stranger, to some girl or guy. If you're trying to learn how to get better with women, then not do anything at all. This is more of a intermediate to advanced tip for those guys who have already had a lot of conversations with women and they're trying to get better and they want to optimize the process that they're already doing. So if you're a beginner and you're listening to this, just go for it. It doesn't matter. Don't judge yourself. Don't censor yourself too hard. The more reps, the better. And then eventually when you get enough reps down and maybe you were doing some, you know, dumb little small talk or whatever, then you can optimize and start getting better. Either way, get chick rack because you'll learn some good stuff that you can use to have a little bit of ammo in conversation. That's going to help you out a lot. So that's the second mistake. Small talk that has no importance, just about nothing. Now, number three, not looking her in the eye. That is a mistake in conversation that women hate. They do not like it when you are talking to them and you are looking off in the distance or you're looking down at your shoes or you're looking at their shoulder or you're looking up. I don't know who would really do that, but you know, not looking in her eye makes her uncomfortable. Now, eye contact may be tough for you and it might make you feel uncomfortable, but it's going to make her feel comfortable because if you're not looking her in the eye, she's going to be not connected to you and she's not going to be invested in the conversation at hand. So you have to make sure that you're giving eye contact, making eye contact when you're talking to anyone that you're talking to. One thing that's really important, I'm still working on this, by the way, I've been working on eye contact for the past 20 years because it can still be tough, but I still work on, I'm really good at giving eye contact when listening. I struggle a little bit more when talking to somebody. And I think that that's when it matters the most. I'm not saying that you should do that more than you should do it when you're listening to somebody, but I, I just mean that there's something really seductive about looking someone in their eye and talking to them at the same time. And it can make a really big difference when you're talking to a woman. But she's not going to feel that connection to you, nor will anybody else if you're not having that really good eye contact when in conversation. Okay, so that's number three. Number four is the awkward pause. The awkward pause. Okay, the awkward pause. Well, we all know we don't like that. I know you don't like that, right? You, you hate that as much as, as every other guy, and so do I. It makes us feel so uncomfortable. It makes us feel awkward when there's an awkward pause. Well, I got to say, women don't like it either. No one does. We all feel a little bit uncomfortable. 
So I would like you to fix your awkward pauses. And guess what? This is where some exceptions come along for those, those beginners out there. If you have to talk about nothing or something stupid and you just have to say something to kill the awkward pause, just do it. Don't judge yourself too much. The reason why you even have an awkward pause is because you're already judging yourself and you're not talking because you're not sure what to say when there's a million things to say. You can literally say anything you want in the whole world. It's an infinite. There's an infinite amount of things to say. Now, it depends what you say and, and, and how they react to you. But I think we can all agree there is an infinite amount of words that you can string together. Hell, you can string together gibberish. You can say a bunch of nonsense. You could speak in a different language. You're still talking to a woman. My point is, is that I want you to not judge yourself so hard to prevent the awkward pauses. Then as you get better and you're good with the awkward pauses, then you can work on number two, which is the small talk. And then, you know, all this works together. These are all tips that are working together and you just got to go out there and do your best. Okay. So no awkward pauses and guess what's going to help with awkward pauses? Chick crack. That's the antidote. Chick crack is the antidote to awkward pauses. It is going to fix that because you're going to always have something that you can say and bring up, which is going to be really powerful. Okay. So let's remove the awkward pauses, work on them as much as possible. I even kind of like that you're going to have awkward pauses. There is a benefit to them. It forces you to think faster. And that's what you ultimately need in the game of conversation with medium talk and big talk. You need to be thinking faster. You might ask, well, how do you think faster? Well, it's the same question of, well, how far do you have to lean over before you fall? You just have to go out there and you have to practice it. That's the best way that you could do it. You could sit around, you can talk to yourself all day. And that's, and I'm not joking around. That is something you could do that does help a little bit, but it won't be equivalent to when there's another human in front of you. And then there's more data that you're taking in from the human, which is going to affect how you're going to come up with the conversation because there's this output and input thing happening in your brain as you're conversing with someone, right? You're taking in data you're also saying things and you're having these moments and these conversations where you have to just think a little bit faster, but it is something that can be worked on the more and more you practice it and the less you judge yourself when you make mistakes in conversation. Okay. Number five, number five, not getting close to them. So we all know, at least I hope we do, that if you get too close to a woman, if you get too close to her or, or anybody, that's very strange, right? No one's going to be nose to nose with someone they, they just met. You're in their personal space. So we all know that one. But what about the opposite? What about being a little bit too far away? What about being three to five feet plus away? That is also awkward. That's an awkward distance. And women don't like that. They don't know why they don't like it. It's just kind of all happening at once. But it's a little strange when you're trying to talk to someone, maybe you do a cold approach and you're talking to a woman and you are three feet away, not really facing them. And they don't know how to handle this. They're not sure. Are they in a conversation? Is this guy talking to me? Is he hitting on me? 
what's going on. It's too loose. So while you don't want to, of course, go nose to nose with them, you also don't want to be too far. So we need a perfect medium. I would say the perfect medium is somewhere between one and a half to two feet. So you're one and a half to two feet away from them. If you're in a social setting like a club or a bar, it might even make sense to be six inches to a foot and a half away. I'm sorry for all of those who are using the metric system and are not in the United States, but you can you can go ahead and and look that up. I don't know meters that well. I'm sorry. So at least enough to give you an accurate an accurate answer here, but I do know feet. So we're talking social, six inches to a foot and a half away. The reason why you can be closer in social is because it might be loud and it makes more sense. People are just naturally closer at parties, at bars, in those situations. But if you're just meeting someone on a on a an approach during the day, I like to call it a casual approach, not a social approach. So at the grocery store, at the mall, on the sidewalk, walking around somewhere, grocery store, wherever, that's where you're going to get into the foot and a half to, to two feet around there. And then what can happen too is eventually as you connect with someone, as you're flirting with them, talking to them, you can even start to move closer to them when it makes sense. And also I should mention, you need to get in front of them so it's shoulder to shoulder as if you're looking into a mirror. You don't want to be at any sort of angle. There should be no angle at all because then it's not as if you two are in an actual conversation. All right, let's talk about the next one, number six, avoiding their friends completely. But I have a little note here to tell you that you can a a little bit. You can a little bit. So I think this one would be good for us to just review how to approach a group because this is where it all matters. So there's always these different situations, whether you're approaching one girl who's with her friend or maybe she's with two girls and then you have the three girls plus, you know, a bigger group. No matter what the group size, whether she's alone or she's with 50 people and anywhere in between, you always still want to just approach her. You want to just approach her and start the conversation with her so she knows that you are talking to her and that you're flirting with her and that you're interested in her. That's the whole point. I remember back in the day when I was trying to do this in approach groups and I heard some advice. There was a lot of different advice and I'm sure there still is on approaching groups. The advice that I first learned was going up to the whole group and making yourself known. So making yourself known to the three plus group, I remember I'd be going to bars and there'd be like a group of eight girls at a table and I would just go over and say, hey, what's going on, everybody? And as I look back, I remember sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. But the whole trick was about opening the whole group, talking to a bunch of them, not necessarily every single one, but more like you're talking to the whole group as one person. And then eventually you make conversation with and lead your conversation to the woman that you're actually interested in. Boy, was it a lot of work. And then eventually, as I continued to learn game and meeting women, I heard the tip, you don't need to do that. You can just go up to the one woman you're interested in. And it really it was very counterintuitive. I thought, 
well, if I go up to the one girl and I don't talk to the rest of the group, isn't that going to be strange? Isn't the whole group going to be looking at me? And, and isn't it going to be just this weird interaction? And then I remember the person I was talking to said, no, well, you don't have to ignore anybody. You can bring the rest of the group in as you need to and talk to them as you need to. But you don't know what's going to happen. You shouldn't even assume what will happen once you go over and approach one woman. You don't know. Sometimes you can go over and, and by the way, I ended up taking the, the advice and using it. And the person was right. You just don't know. Like you can eventually go up to a woman who's in a group of four people and you just talk to her and the rest of the group just doesn't even pay attention. That happens. They don't even care what's going on. And eventually maybe they find out because you might be in a social situation and a lot of things are happening and they might just assume and this happens quite a bit, actually. They just assume that she knows that guy, which is you. I've even heard them say that where their friend is like, oh, I was so confused. I thought she knew you. Do, did she not know you? Are you are you new here? Are you just coming over and saying hello for the first time? And I'm like, yes. So you just don't know. And that's okay. You don't need to know. You don't need to at all plan for any sort of specific situation because there's a hundred different variations of what could go down. So all you need to do is adapt and calibrate to the situation at hand as it occurs. Now, I know that it can be a little bit more tough to do something like this when she's with one person because you're totally leaving that other person out. That is an instance in which you are definitely going to be bringing in the other girl a little bit more into conversation, but you are still going to be just talking to that one person first, at least on the opener, when you're going over to say hello. Also, it makes everything a lot less awkward and complicated when towards the end of this interaction, you're actually going for the number of the one you said hello to. It all makes sense. It all lines up. It's all pretty clear. And also, you get more time with that one that you're interested in. You see what I'm saying? Like it might be harder to go up to a full group of, of, of people and then all of a sudden maneuver your way over to one person. You're talking to them. It's almost like a little strange. It makes more sense. Not that everything has to make a lot of sense or be super logical in seduction and game. It doesn't have to be, but just for this case, it does make a lot more sense that you'd be going up to the woman that you're interested. That's why you're there. Otherwise, why are you there? Why are you going over to a whole group just to socialize? You could, and I'm not stopping you from doing that per se. If you want to just go up to a whole group and say hello and make conversation and practice your social skills, by all means, go ahead. But if there's one woman that you're actually interested in actually talking to who is in that group, well, that's the one that you should be talking to. So back to the seven mistakes in conversation women hate. They don't like when you avoid their friends completely. So it would be good that as you need to, when you go and approach the woman you're talking to, it doesn't have to be right away, but eventually you can socialize a little bit with the one friend that is next to her. Well, definitely if it's just one, but if it's a group of two or more, you can socialize with them a little bit or ask about them a little bit. That's going to be more socially savvy. And then she gets to see you socialize with other people. And then she can become even more attracted to you based on how you are being with her friends. Because women like a guy who is well socialized, that is a masculine quality. That is a leadership quality. And women want to be with a guy who has that kind of power. That's a powerful characteristic. So keep that in mind for tip number six. 
Number seven, what do they hate? Number seven, they also hate monotone voice where you're just talking like this. I don't think a lot of you do this, but I know beginners do this. And I know because I definitely did it because you're a little bit nervous. And so you end up just speaking like this with no inflection in your voice. And you're just talking at the same speed. And it's really weird because it's very robotic. And women don't want to be with a robot. Okay. They want to be with a man. And they want to be with a man who is not so nervous and not awkward. Yeah, I said it. We're talking about being awkward again. That's right. Women don't want to be with an awkward guy. That is going to turn them off. So monotone or no inflection in your voice is going to make her feel uncomfortable, just like it would be with number three when you're not looking her in the eye. It's the same kind of uncomfortable, who am I talking to? What's going on? Is this person on earth right now? I don't exactly know who I'm talking to. This is strange. Because people normally, when they're comfortable, are not monotone, unless for the exception where some guys might be that way. I don't know. Some people happen to be that way, but People normally have inflections in their voice. I've been having inflections this entire time. And also in my other podcasts, I talk with inflections. Sometimes I talk really fast. Sometimes I talk slower. I go up, I go down. Sometimes my voice goes a little bit higher. Sometimes it goes a little bit lower. That's okay. You can switch all that up. Of course, I do want you to be talking as much as possible in downward tonality like I'm doing right now, where everything in the inflection goes down at the end of the sentence. Why? Because that downward tonality is a more commanding tone and it's a less needy tone when you're talking to somebody. I've talked about this in other podcasts before. So downward tonality, very important. Not being monotone, very important. Changing the speed of your voice, very important. Charismatic people are able to do that. So those are the seven things. Getting sexual too fast, Small talk, not looking her in the eye, awkward pauses, not getting close enough to them, avoiding their friends completely, and monotone voice. Don't forget, Chick Crack is for free. Get it today, tripadvice.com slash chick-crack so you can learn the topics of conversation that women love. It will help you tremendously. Speaking of help, I'm ready to help you. You have emailed in, you've emailed me, trip at tripadvice.com. And you put in the subject line podcast question, which lets me know it's a question for the podcast. And I'm here to answer them, just like I'm going to do right now. Here's Shane. Hey, Trip, love the podcast. Here's my question. I have some cool things about me, such as I play drums. I'm a pretty good dancer. I run some meetup groups and I'm trying to start a podcast. Very cool. He says, my question is, how do I bring these things up normally in conversation with women, whether online or in person, without it seeming too try hard or bragging, so I can demonstrate high value? Thanks very much, Shane. Very cool, man. Um, Very simple. You want the super simple answer? You just ask them if they do it, because then they're going to ask you back. And there's a reason why you're asking. I don't think it's going to be showing off. You're just trying to connect with them. You're trying to figure out if they share any similar interests. So let's see. You play drums. So you can ask them, do you play any musical instruments? Hey, I'm curious. Do you play any musical instruments? Have you ever played any musical instruments? And they'll say, no, yes, whatever. Then they'll probably ask you. If they don't ask you back, you can say, oh, okay, cool. Well, 
I play drums. I, I love it. I play it all the time. This is something that it's okay because you're sharing information about yourself. It's not like you're sharing accolades and awards. You know, you're not like, well, I won an Emmy. So I just thought you should know that I won a Grammy. So you should know, you know, it's like, you're just saying what you do. It's not showing off the things that you're interested in. Uh, dance. You say to them, I'm a pretty good dancer. So you can ask them, have you ever done dance? You ever go out dancing? And they'll probably say like, oh no, yes, whatever. You can say, we should go dancing sometime. I love going out dancing. It's fun. You don't say that you're a pretty good dancer. Let them see that once you guys go out and are dancing together, unless she asks you, oh, are you good at dancing? And you can say like, yeah, I'm not bad right? Eh, I'm not bad. So you're not showing off. You're being humble about it. And then when she sees you in person dance, she's going to be like, wait a minute, this guy is freaking good, right? All right. You also said I run some meetup groups. So you can, you can ask her, say, you ever, you ever heard of meetup? Do you ever know? Okay. Meetup group, meetup.com is a place where people meet up and there's different kinds of groups. I actually run a few. And then you can tell her what you're running. You can say, oh, you should definitely, almost like you're bringing it up as if she should try it. Like meetup is really cool. Have you ever tried meetup? Oh man, it's awesome. There's all these different groups for different types of activities and interests. And, and then you say, yeah, I run a few and they're, they're really fun. I meet some really cool people. I get to explore more hobbies. It's awesome, right? Not showing off, just, just perfect. Not bragging at all. Your next one is I'm trying to start a podcast. That one you can say, do you ever listen to podcasts? Oh, cool. What podcast do you listen to? And she'll say, Oh, I listen to this, this, this. Or she'll say, Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't really listen to podcasts. And you say, oh, Okay, cool. I was just curious because I'm going to start a podcast soon. And I, you know, just wanted to see if it might be something that you think is interesting or you think it's a good idea. Almost asking her opinion on it. Like, yeah, I think I might start a podcast on this topic. Like, what do you think? You can even flirt with her a little bit and say, You know what? You should be on the podcast, even if it has nothing to do with, uh, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe you're, it's a, it's a gaming podcast or something like that. And you can be like, yeah, yeah, you'll come on the podcast. It'll be fun. We'll talk about this, that, you know, just have fun with it. Bring those things up. I think you're censoring yourself a little too much. I think that's going to be one theme I'm going to be trying to talk about here, which I've, I've been discussing lately on, on my content is, is censoring. I just think guys censor themselves too much. I think that's the good mindset to go into. Stop trying to censor yourself. Try to talk more and then draw it back. Don't go into it trying to reserve things. Start by talking a lot and then bring it back once you see that maybe it's not making the right connections with people. But I can tell you right now, none of that's bragging. Shane, you should be good to go. Hope that helps. All right, Hayden, my question, Trip, is one that I really hope you can answer. Don't feel bad if you can't. To just throw it out there, I had bad luck with my teeth. I had to get dentures. I was married at the time, but now I'm single. How the fuck do I get past this hurdle short of implants that look and feel real? Just not in my budget. I'm 47, in pretty good shape. Stylish, I smell good, I dress nice, and I love women. But this secret sucks. Your thoughts? Hayden. Okay, I need to read this again here. How the fuck do I get past this hurdle short of implants that look and feel real, just not in my budget? Okay, I think you're asking, uh, well, first of all, I don't like that people say it's not in my budget. I mean, 
I don't know how much that costs. I know that things with teeth cost a lot of money. It might take you a few years, but there's ways to save up. You would be surprised what you might be spending money on that you can save. And also there are definitely ways that you can make extra money. I mean, if you're in a job right now that is, you know, 50 to 60 hours a week and you're not making enough money, something's wrong. If you're in a part-time gig or 40 hours per week gig that's not making a lot of money, that makes kind of sense. Okay, do a little extra, you know, DoorDash Uber to make some money and get, you know, get to that point. For now, it's, there's, you know, there's nothing you can do. So this is a good question. I like this. I can't answer this. The question is like, what the real question here is, what am I supposed to do when I can't do the thing I need to do right away? Well, first answer is one, what I gave you a second ago, work on the thing. So even if it takes a couple of years, you'll eventually get to that point where you can fix the thing that is unfixable right now Two, put yourself out there enough and then see what happens. Okay. You said you had bad luck with your teeth, but I haven't heard anything about your bad luck with women. It'd be one thing if you said, Trip, I got these dentures and it just looks bad. Women know I'm turning them off. It's not working. I mean, look at you. You say you're in good shape. You're stylish. You dress nice. I mean, yeah, that's great. Good. You should be. You should be anyways. And now let's see what happens. You'd be surprised, my friend. Hayden, you'd be surprised. Sometimes men who can really attract a girl will do so to the point where the woman will backwards rationalize why they should be with them. Let me tell you this. If you ever saw me with my shirt off, you would see a more skinny body. I, um, I'm not in the very best of shape. I have a scar across my chest. It's about four to five inches long. And the scar is there because I had pectus excavatum, which means that when I was younger, my chest was caved in. About one in a million guys have it. I'm sure someone listening to this might have it or a form of it. Mine was pretty deep too. So it looked like my chest was caved in. And about 14 years old, I got surgery for it. And I was lucky enough where I could learn about it on the internet. That's when the internet started to come out in 1994, like 95, when you could start searching things. And I saw that there was surgery. I asked my parents, they used insurance. It was great. It worked. You know, it still doesn't look that great. I still have a very large scar across my chest. Actually, I have three scars. There's like two, two inches and then one long one. And it didn't fix it all the way. So my chest is still a little bit concaved. You can kind of tell. So I'm not bashing myself or, or trying to make myself um, or get pity or anything, but I'll be honest. I'm not the most attractive person when my shirt is off. And I can definitely can't compete. And I, it's also tough because I, there's no way to really fix it. I mean, yeah, I could get buff. I could get jacked and that will help. But my chest will always be a little concave and those scars will always be there. Okay, so what's my point here? I have been with some beautiful women. As far as I'm concerned, I've never been actually rejected for that reason. As far as I know, I'm with an amazing woman right now who could be with another guy who has no scars on his chest and is ripped in six-pack abs and all that stuff. 
But why is she with me? Well, I have a lot of masculine traits that I've worked on over the years. I've worked on being successful over the years. I've worked on my style, the way that I dress myself. I keep myself myself in as good shape as possible for what it is for now. So you would be surprised that some women, once they get to know you and like you, can look over that. And also, if you have dentures, it's not like you don't have any teeth. So you're not walking around with teeth missing. So I just think that we can be really hard on ourselves and you just don't know, you know, what could happen when you put yourself out there. So Hayden, hope that helps. Let's do another one. Rick. Hey, Trip. Here's my situation. I've been dating this woman for about a year. We bonded over many outdoor activities like long bike rides, hiking and skiing, gone on dinner dates and wine tasting day dates. We've not been intimate other than kissing. She told me I pressured her for sex. My bad, I know. Okay, about six months ago, she lost her youngest adult son to suicide. I've been there for her to help support her and to hopefully distract her from her grief. She recently told me she's not in a place yet to have a relationship and that she just wants to be friends. She did say she doesn't feel any chemistry with me any longer. My question is, what do I do? Do I say I'm not interested in a friendship and just walk away and do no contact, thinking one day she'll be ready and she'll reach out? But then I would feel guilty about abandoning her when she could really use a friend to be there for her. Your thoughts? Thank you, Rick. Oh, this is this is a lot here, and I'm I'm ready to dive in. There's so much to to discuss here. You've been dating a woman for about a year, and you haven't been intimate other than kissing. I'd like to know what the background of this is. I don't know if you two are religious, or you two are not. If it's for religious purposes, that one thing. If you're not religious, I don't know how you stayed with a woman who didn't want to have sex with you. You clearly settled. Going to give you a little bit of tough love, but then don't worry, Rick. I got love coming your way. A little tough love is why did you stay with a woman who didn't want to have sex with you? Obviously, we should never pressure a woman for sex. But at the same time, if they're not having sex with you, you don't need to stick around. It's not a, it's not a relationship at that point. Again, barring the exception of religion, it's not a relationship. It's some sort of friendship. I mean, you guys haven't done anything other than kissing. You haven't even done any foreplay or, or any sort of fondling or anything like that. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It, it didn't. It, it it didn't seem like a relationship. I'm not sure. I, I I don't know what her issue is. Um, that is very sad. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that she lost her her son to suicide. That's absolutely terrible. You said about six months ago. Well, let's be honest. Six months ago is, is, I mean, it's a really big deal when that happens. Don't get me wrong. Your son, your child committing suicide. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how long something like that takes to go to get over. I don't think you'll ever get over that. There will always be pain in your heart from something like that. But it's not like it happened yesterday. Time has gone by. And eventually, Rick, There's two people in this relationship. I understand that she went through something absolutely terrible, traumatic to say the least, but you still are a person in this. And if she doesn't feel any chemistry, 
you don't have to stick around, especially if it's hurting you, which clearly it's bothering you. You know, I, I mean, I, I think it is. It sounds like you still maybe want to be with her. I don't know. But either way, you can be honest with her. You can tell her, hey, listen, I just want to let you know, I, this is not a, a good situation for me. I don't want to be in a friendship with someone who I never really intended to be a, in a friendship with in the first place. So I'm sorry, but it doesn't, it doesn't work for me. So you need to tell her that. I would tell her that out of respect for another person. You should tell her that. And, um, and you said, you know, and do no contact thinking one day she'll be ready and she'll reach out. I don't think you should be with this person anymore. And nothing to do with what, what happened with her, you know, traumatic situation, but she's not a good fit for you. It sounds like you want to have sex with her. So, which makes me think you're not religious. So you've tried to have sex with her, but she's not having sex with you. Do you see the disconnect here? I don't think I can make it any more clear. So Rick, here's the, where the love part comes in for you, man. You got to do what's good for you. And that doesn't mean you're abandoning her. I mean, you know, that's, God, I hate to say this, but that's kind of not your problem. It's not like, you know, that happened to her son. And then the next day you were gone. You don't have to feel guilty about this. She's got to do what she's got to do for her. And the only solution for her isn't you. It's not like it's you. I don't know. She, maybe she has family, friends. If she doesn't have any family or friends in the whole world, maybe there's a support group. Or not maybe. There's definitely support groups. That's, that's for her to figure out. She's an adult. You've been there now for her for six months. So listen, I think you're always going to feel a little guilty, but this isn't abandoning her. She's not a child. She's still living her life and doing what she needs to do. So, you know, I'm not telling you what to do here, but if it hurts you and it's a problem for you to continue to be her friend six months, you know, after this happened and it just isn't working for you, I'm giving you the permission to move on. I'm giving you the permission to do what you need to do that's best for you. It's it's a hard thing to do, but um, good questions here, Rick, and and I appreciate you trusting in in my advice for this. So those are my thoughts. I hope that helps. Rick, Shane, Hayden, awesome dudes here. Thank you so much for writing in and being uh, honest about your situations. I'm happy to answer any question. No question is too hard. And if it ever is, I'll be honest with you. Go ahead and get Chick Crack. Link is in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. And I will see you on the next episode.